This episode of The Blur Mob contains explicit language. While we want everyone to enjoy the show, sometimes we may say things that are not appropriate for all ages. So, in other words, mom, dad, granny, we cussing. Discretion is advised. King G. Grossite ENT. <laughs> Rock with it. Rock with it. Rock with it. Rock with it. Let me, let me pop my shit. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me pop my shit. Hands up. What's up, y'all? And welcome to the Blurred Mob, your hub for all things black and nerdy. I'm your host, Foop, joined by my co-host, Ryan. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other streaming service, make sure you hit that follow button so you can get updates from the mob. And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on those bell notifications for future uploads. So today, it's just Foop and Ryan. Our co-host Ralph is out there trying to win the Boyfriend of the Year Award. So we're going to let our big dog handle his business. <laughs> that is not how I thought you was going to say that, bro. <laughs> I, did not, I thought we was going to keep it professional. He's out on travel, enjoying life or something. No, the but he's not award. traveling. He's trying to win the Boyfriend of the Year Award, and I feel him. Ladies, get you a Ralph that would drop. Good. the podcast episode to make sure that his girlfriend is happy queens if that king won't drop his podcast he according he don't want you right love yourself queen <laughs> ron ron laughing because he won't do that for y'all <laughs> right. ron laugh because he wouldn't do that he said i got a recording at one of them. <laughs> all right look Whatever we're doing, put that on pause. Put we, that I got on pause. Business. I got you. He said, I got you after the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's only going to take an hour and a half. You ain't dying, right? <laughs> it ain't going to take it. You just, you, you just wait. Nah, Rhina, I don't know how strategic you would work, but me, as long, see how long it take her to get ready. I'll, I'll just record while you're getting ready. <laughs> I'll record yeah. while you're getting ready. Look, it's how you worry that you got to plan ahead. Like, yeah, baby girl, we got an all-day date. But what you do is you take her to the early morning portion. How about you take a nap real quick? Not it's a nap. It's 11 a.m. over here. Take a nap real quick, and I'll be recording. <laughs> you got to play <laughs> we gotta, a game. We got to rest up for when the sun get hot. There you go. Right. Man, I had to... It has been a long week for me. I'm not even going to hold you. but. I've done my spring cleaning, and it's been very therapeutic. But I've also realized that I have too many clothes. My closet alone. And sneakers. Are we not talking about the shoes. We're not talking about the shoes right now. <laughs> I did give away some shoes, some shoes that I bought. You ever, like, buy some shoes just because you wanted to buy them, but then you wear them once, and then you look at them, and it was like, I didn't, really didn't want these shoes. So I gave some shoes away. I out my closet alone. I think I pulled out like three bags of clothes that I'm giving away. Four, four. Mm. So somebody finna be fresh to death on the streets. Someone finna be. Somebody finna go to Goodwill and be clean as hell. Right. But I did that. <laughs> um, I'm a box hoarder, so that's something new you guys can learn about me. Like when I get packages, I never open the package and immediately throw the box away or just sit somewhere. So over time, 
multiple boxes start piling up. So I was like, yeah, I got to get rid of these. So I cleaned out my area where I was hoarding all my the, boxes. When you say the boxes, you're not necessarily saying like the Amazon box. You're like, if you bought a PS5, you keep the PS5 box. I keep, like, no, wait, 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 wait. I'm talking about the Amazon boxes, the, the box that the PS5 box oh, okay. came okay. in. Now, tip for those who are not doing this, keep <coughs> the game system boxes. That is what you use you, to go from place to place. Now, if you exactly. got it like that, you can buy the little carrying cases from Amazon, but I keep the box. An MF like me. The cases be like half the price of the console. Not all of them. I guess I, I bought a Nintendo Switch carrying case, and this is like a legit carrying case, like not the carrying case where it just holds the console, but this is a carrying case that holds the dock, right. the charging port, The it can hold a pro controller, it can hold the grip, and then like, I want to say like 20 games, and I paid like $20 for that. All the ones I be seeing be expensive. Like I still, I, I may have I got gotten my it. Xbox boxes and everything here. I may have gotten it on sale, but well, anyway, if you're not keeping your PlayStation and Xbox boxes for transport, <laughs> I, I don't know. If you don't have a other kind of bag, I just don't feel safe shoving my PS5 in a random ass book bag and just driving off. They live in a risky lifestyle right there. Right. Very risky. So the first thing I want to get into, and this just happened, and I have to put this in here. They dropped the runtime for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It is sitting at two hours and six minutes. What happened to three hours? I don't know. I don't. No. What happened? Like that just happened because like we didn't even talk about that. That that just that just happened. This just dropped Saturday, April second, twenty twenty two. That they cut out like forty minutes of content. I so I don't know. So the first thing that came into my head is when they first announced the runtime. Well, the rumored runtime was three hours, and I was like, it has to be three hours because they're about to explain. So much shit in this movie. And then we saw the trailer at the Super Bowl with Patrick Stewart, Superior Iron Man, whole bunch of other shits going down, two Wandas, all of that. And I was like, okay, this makes sense for this to be three hours. It just came out that the runtime is two hours and six minutes. So I don't know if they cut some shit out the movie because Spider-Man No Way Home if you buy the like the DVD version, I think it said it had like a hundred and twenty something minutes of deleted content. So I don't know if they're taking yeah. that route with the movie, or if this was the original runtime always, and we were just sitting on the rumor that it was going to be three hours. See, I I thought I'm confused because. On. They made Spider-Man No Way Home, which is essentially a multiverse story, but on a smaller scale because this is just focused on Spider-Man. That was like two and a half hours. So now Multiverse of Madness, which is supposed to be touching multiple universes, or so we thought, is 
like 24 or 20 or so minutes less than that. So I don't know what happened. I I don't know. I hmm. am I concerned? I'm not sure. I think it's at this point in time with a month out before we get to the movie. I think we just have to sit and wait. I think we just have to see execution. I'm not I'm not concerned, but it is interesting because we see that Professor Xavier is in a movie. We see all these other people that are in the movie. And it's like, Spider-Man, y'all made that extra long just to get cameos from the old Spider-Mans and the old villains. And that, and you know, of course, Doctor Strange was in it. But now it seems like this movie is going to have a lot more pieces to whatever puzzle Marvel's trying to build in their MCU. Mm-hmm. So when I hear that it's lesser, I... I don't want to say I'm worried because, you know, we know that Marvel has a certain standard. Like, they meet a certain bar in every movie that they make. Right. But it is and it's they interesting. Were saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's interesting. Marvel was saying that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is supposed to be, like, the staple movie for the MCU. Like, this is going to be, like, the turning point for the MCU. And right. if they can do that in two hours and six minutes, do it. I'm fine. I'm just concerned with this being the multiverse of how how well are they going to navigate this movie in two hours and six minutes. Right. And they could do it. I think we could be three hours made sense to me just because of how much they had to explain. But if they are able to execute this movie... In two hours and six minutes, I won't be upset. I, It just came to a shock to me that we were hearing this is going to be a three-hour movie. And now this is no longer a three-hour movie. I mean, it feels just a rumor. I thought it was like some official stuff. But if it was just a rumor, I'm not I mad. thought I it was official. For giving it, into like the... Well, maybe it was just a <coughs> was rumor. It? Maybe the original cut. I, you know, maybe... The rumor of the original cut. I think they took some stuff out. Maybe the rumor was the original cut for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was touching three hours. And then they got closer to the release and they started taking stuff out. And the final cut came out to be two hours and six minutes because it was the same thing with the Batman. The Batman, from what I heard, was supposed to be like four hours. And that proved because they put out that two minute deleted scene. With old dude being the Joker that was supposed to be in the movie that they took out. So there's no telling mm-hmm. how many other scenes they took out of Batman and it's for it to touch three hours when it seemed like it was originally supposed to be four. But yeah. pre-order tickets for the Multiverse of Madness drop April 6, 2022. Um, Good luck to everybody. I hope this does not turn <laughs> into another Spider-Man No Way Home situation where they were selling spider-man tickets on ebay for thousands of dollars and i'm bro if anybody bought that i don't even know how that would work don't don't (laughs) i don't even know how that would work like i'm in nebraska and i bought a movie ticket from some guy living in chicago how the elf how the fuck am I supposed to go see this movie? Like, you, 
How how are you y'all know what selling? You can't transfer an AMC ticket. How are y'all selling these movie tickets? I I don't know. You're right? How, you can't transfer an an AMC ticket and be like, hey, I bought I bought seat A fifteen and auditorium eleven. I'm gonna transfer it over. Right. To you. That don't even work. I look unless there's some movie technology that I don't know about that with these systems that you can transfer to another theater and blah blah blah. I don't know nothing about that, but. I just don't understand how that was working yeah. with y'all selling movie tickets on eBay. And maybe folks was just doing it for shits and giggles. It may not have even been that serious. But that's what I saw. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Hype culture. Everybody talks about these different cultures. Hype culture will make people do make some stupid decisions because it, it couldn't be me. It mm-hmm. couldn't be me. So Even if I, I love the Spider-Man movie, but it couldn't be me. Nah, I wasn't paying thousands of dollars for no movie ticket. I would take an L and see all the spoilers on social media before I paid more than, I'll say $30 for a movie ticket. Because movie tickets have been getting high depending yeah. on how you want to, where, how and where you want to see it. I'm not paying $30 for one movie ticket. I was actually listening from one of my homeboys. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, man, movie tickets out here are like $14 a pop at AMC. They're like, 14 I just spent 7 I was like, 7 Where y'all, you where you going? Like, 14 I go to AMC out here in, 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 in South Bay Galleria. That's a mess. I don't, I don't know what it I, is. But, you know, back in California. the gap, back in the gap when we used to go to Cinemax down in Pearl, them tickets weren't that much. We was living Five the dream. Tuesdays. We was living the dream. I remember yeah. when we went to go see Avengers Endgame. And I swear I bought like 20 movie tickets and paid like $60. Not 20. I had to Bro, buy nine. I had night. to buy nine. We bought like 20 in total. because I, had to, I had to split with Ralph. Because AMC, um, not AMC, Fandango would not let us buy more than nine tickets. So I had to buy nine and he had to buy the other. And uh, I paid mm-hmm. like $60 for nine tickets to see Endgame. Now I'm paying. Was, was Endgame the movie when Ace yelled at us for being loud and ghetto in the movie theater? Nah, that was Fantastic Beasts. Oh, that, oh, that, that, that was Fantastic Beasts. That was Fantastic But yo. He snapped on us. He said, I couldn't enjoy the movie because y'all was talking too much. Man, listen. <laughs> The other Marvel <laughs> production I want to talk about, and this is pretty interesting. We about to go back to Wakanda forever. Um, Angela Bassett went on the Ellen Show and said that Wakanda forever is going to top Black Panther. She said it's going to top the first one. Quote: Are we calling that fact, or are we calling that BS? Listen, man. Listen, man, I've been worried about this movie just like everybody else since Chadwick Boseman passed away. I'm going to just be honest. For you to say that, y'all must be pulling out all the stops. All the stops. And even then, I don't know what stops y'all could be pulling to make this, to make a sec- a sequel to a movie that was damn near a cultural phenomenon at least for black folks like us Mm -hmm. because 
everybody was able to relate to that. There were folks who were not Marvel fans going to see that movie. Right. And they and they probably haven't seen a single Marvel movie, or at least they never like intently watched one, like to actually go to the theaters to go buy a ticket for one. And they loved it. And now the actor that they all identified with, to Chadwick Boseman, the character T'Challa, it's not going to be in there. And you say this movie's going to top it. That's that's a lot, especially since I'm pretty sure the script and the screenplay, like what y'all were intended to make this movie, included him. And y'all had to adjust. It's a loaded statement. I'll give you that. But that's. So you're saying it's BS, one, because of Chadwick and just because of the cultural impact that the first movie had that you don't think the sequel could yeah. top it. But. Most definitely. I think it could. Rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. We say this all the time, every time we talk about Black Panther, but there have been times where sequels um, have been better than the first one. And if we just want to go Marvel, I think. Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier, was a good sequel to Captain America, The First Avenger. But I've we've also seen bad sequels. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it's not my favorite. Thor 2, we don't need to talk about that. But Thor Ragnarok was the best Thor in my opinion. I fell asleep on the others. But that's that's the third one. So it's it's it could be a hit or a miss. But the things that I want to say that's coming in Wakanda forever that might take that movie over the top is that we're getting the villain is supposed to be namor so they're introducing atlantis so we're getting another okay fictional fantasy um location other than wakanda and we're getting riri williams in the movie who was ironheart which is going which in the comics she is a super genius that is inspired by Iron Man to make her own metal suit and go fight crime. And um, I think that would be a way to pull in, you know, Tony Stark and the other Avengers in the movie through her just to see continue that next generation of Avengers that we're going to be seeing going forward. So I think with those right. elements, plus what we already know and the characters that we've already seen, I think they have the potential to make this a good movie. It could top Black Panther because you have the cultural impact of Black Panther 1. And if they you know, lead with that, they could probably make a greater cultural impact. Because think about the people who may have not watched Black Panther until Chadwick Boseman died. On your end, you're nervous for the movie, but you may have some people who are excited of what they're going to do next, given that. I think they have the, Mm. I think they have the potential. It's a loaded statement. I'll give you that because what's going to happen is if we go into theaters and Wakanda forever does not perform, then it's going to be like, Why'd you guys it's, continue with the movie? It's like, because I want to know, and of course you'll never get this information, but like, I want to know, like, what was she basing it off of? Cause like, she could have said, this is going to top it, but her perspective, what was so amazing about Black Panther could have been the inclusion. This might have more inclusion and some other stuff in it. 
she might say the cinematography or or, or it might be the story or the story alone is what makes it better for her. So I'll be interested as to why she said it. But for me, I because I don't know why she said it, I can't base my excitement and my hype, not even a little bit. Like I can't even let it slightly be influenced by her saying that on what I'm looking forward to for Wakanda Forever. Like I'm definitely going to watch it. I think we but need a trailer. I'm going in it. Mm-hmm. I said I think we need a trailer. We definitely do. I, I need I need a nice trailer. We've been hearing a lot of talking surrounding this movie. They've been leaking some pictures of like the set and stuff, but honestly, I think we need a trailer. I think we need they, a I and we need something. We need to see something. They need to cut down the rah-rah and give me some give me some video, some and images, something. I don't know. I they may drop the first trailer, the first look trailer for Wakanda Forever sometime in the summer. My bet is August because we have yet to get a trailer for Thor: Love and Thunder. That's supposed to be coming out in July. What are we doing, Marvel? You're right. What are we, what are we doing now? You're right. If they're going to pull a Spider Man, and at the end of Multiverse of Madness, we get a Thor: Love and Thunder trailer. Then, I guess, sure, but we've yet to get a trailer. I wonder if it's a new marketing strategy. Maybe they see like how hype works, and they're like, "Don't let me, don't let me overwhelm my fans and my consumers. Let me, let me have them hype one at a time." The only way, but the only way I can see that working, if they, if this is their new marketing strategy. The end of Multiverse of Madness has to tie in to what's going on in Thor Love and Thunder because that's the only way it worked with Spider-Man. That at the end of right. Spider-Man, then they started going into the Doctor Strange side of the after effects of him doing that spell for Peter Parker. So now we know that this right. is happening immediately after No Way Home. And there have been times where certain stories, MCU stories are happening at the same time. Like Ant Man and Infinity War were happening at the same time. Right. There was a piece in Hawkeye when you got the backstory of Yelena, of what she was doing after Black Widow, that was happening at the same time as Infinity War. So, if they choose to do that, and it's going to where this story leads into this one. I'm interested to see how the multiverse of madness is going to play into the cosmic nature of Thor um, and the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think they're going to be in that movie. I am interested. I think. But yeah. Yeah, because then he leave off to space with them and everything else. Like he literally got on the ship with them. Yep, he got on the ship with them. Valkyrie is now the king of Wakanda. So, you think it's going to tie back into the internal since they mentioned um Odu mm, brother? I don't think so. I am to... not expecting to see the Eternals for a while. For a good minute, because like, okay. because like this is cosmic, but the Eternals was like some other shit. Like this is like yeah, the creation of worlds and universes. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the big bang. Thor is a god. They was the, like, I mean, i I don't see them. I don't see them coming back this early. I'll put it like that. I don't see them coming right. back this early. Now, 
Okay. If they do some, they may do some link, link between what happened with the Eternals. It may be an end credit scene. I just don't see them coming back this early. Right. But I also could be wrong. So we'll see. I've also if I watched. It, will you see the blur? My predicts everything. <laughs> right. Give me, give us our check, Marvel. First of all, Nintendo <laughs> has to give us our check for that Mario Strike for that Mario Strikers bit. We need a check. But I also watched Moon Knight, um, and it's pretty good. So Moon Knight is exploring, um, a character named Stephen Grant that has another personality named Mark Spector, who's a mercenary. And in the first episode, you mm-hmm. you follow Stephen, who. I think he's aware that things are happening that um like when he's unconscious or when like he goes to sleep but he hasn't fully figured it out. So the first episode was him fully figuring out that he has another personality living inside of him. And it was cool to watch. The CGI is a little eh. It is. Yeah, it, it's it's certain points that you can tell that the CGI was like, ah, uh, okay. But I, I think it will get better. I'm hoping it will get better throughout the series. But the thing that I found interesting is that this is my first time, I guess, on the screen, seeing Marvel um, approach a character with dissociative um, identity disorder, dissociate identity disorder the id the only time i've seen it outside of marvel is with the doom patrol show they have a character named crazy jane that also has did but she has like way more personalities than moon knight or what we've seen so far so it was interesting to see him like going back and forth and them exploring that in moon knight so i'm i'm excited I'm excited for the rest of the series. I will let you know at the end of the series if you should get you a Disney Plus account and watch it. You know, after after, I'll let, after I'll expired, let you, that free one from Verizon expired, I ain't got it back. I'll let you know. <laughs> I will let you know. The other thing Bet. that went down, Young Justice is back. And God damn it. This is going to top season three. I... I Honestly, it wasn't going to be too hard to top season three. Honestly. But they are. I think this is going to top season three. It's giving me very season two fives for all my DC fans out there. If you are not watching Young Justice right now, you need to catch up. You need to stop playing and you need to get you an HBO Max account. Borrow your grandmamas, your friends, your mamas, your mamas, mamas. Your daddy's Look, daddy's. Not with Netflix doing these cat, this password crack. HBO, and I, we don't want H- everybody else. To HBO <laughs> Max ain't said nothing about that. So until HBO Max says <laughs> something about that, go and get somebody password and you need to catch up on Young Justice right now because there is so much shit happening. Mm-hmm. Like, um, they're into the Aqualad, Aquaman art. For those who remember him as Aqualad, Calder is now Aquaman. And they're the they released three episodes which are surrounding his art. And it's like so much stuff that is tying together. So many things that are happening. I'm like, yo. 
This is about to be nasty. I see it. I see it. I'm not going to say any spoilers because these episodes are fresh. But if you have not watched Young Justice, get on it. Get on it right now. I'm tell I I was I will give it to you. If you were discouraged after watching season three, you you don't be discouraged no longer. I think they coming with it. I think they finna come with the heat. And I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm talking to you too, Ron. Catch I mean, up. Right now. I mean you listen. Listen, you know what I've been on. I've been on Elden Ring eight hours a day like it's a full-time job. Portia recommending y'all these shows, but let me tell y'all something. If y'all ain't playing Elden Ring, y'all missing the game of the year right now. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Story, I barely know what's going on in that game. I ain't going to lie to you, but but I'm used to From Software games. The stories and the items you pick up, the armor and everything else, like it's, they tidbit the story. It's not like, Cause I know you don't play many RPGs, but it's not like you jump in the game. If you don't look at nothing, like if you don't look at the maps you find, or there's this little thing where you can find pictures. If you don't look at when you pick up some armor and you study, like what's the like, and you look at the descriptions, that's how they tell a story. Like I ain't gonna give no spoilers, but like there's this one character you think he goes crazy, but like when you walk through the map, you see this armor of characters that are known to be assassins. So when you kill the character, you get his armor, and it's like armor worn by this character who defended this person and then you travel around and you get a helmet but the character the helmet shouldn't match the character because the character was another type of creature you look at the helmet's description it says worn by an assassin and this helmet is a great um copycat of the character's real face now you realize that character never went crazy like everybody was thinking an assassin killed him and took over their image but you wouldn't know that. Like, someone could play that whole map and just be like, damn, I had to kill blah, blah, blah. But if you don't read the description of Army, you wouldn't know it. It's, like, really subtle how they um told the story in Elder Ring. But I love it. I'm loving it. Great action scenes. They reward you for discovery. Listen, that's 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 not the young justice of this year. That is the, that's the arcane of this year. I'm just putting it out there. I it's want it. y'all to pay attention that Ryan said he has been playing arcane like his full-time job. The man does not work y'all gonna listen to me hours in a day you're gonna listen to y'all gonna listen to me one day ryan does not work hey listen man he doesn't work there are 24 hours in a day eight for work eight for elden ring six for sleep and the other two hours get split between work and elden ring he don't work i'm not even gonna pay attention to your mouth because you don't work you just lied to me the math is (laughs) The, the I, don't, I don't care about the math. You don't work. It add up, it's subtract, and multiply and divide. The math is math. No. But if you bring it up Elden Ring, I... We have to talk about PlayStation's so-called competitor to Xbox Game Pass. And... Come on, mm. PlayStation. So PlayStation mm. is upgrading their PlayStation Plus subscription to a tier system. This combines... PS Plus with PS Now. There's three tiers. You get Essential, Extra, and Premium. Mm-hmm. Premium, I guess, which is like their selling point, includes PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games, along with the PS5 games and PS4 games you would have gotten with the previous two 
tears. On one end of the spectrum, I think this is a good move for Sony because PS Plus and PS Now were separate subscriptions. So now they're combined into one. So if you were paying for both, then now you only have to pay for one. So I I could see that being a good move. What baffles me is that they called this a competitor to Xbox Game Pass. But the thing that takes Game Pass over the top, Sony has specifically said they're not doing that. So Sony said they won't add first-party exclusives on PS Plus, on PlayStation Plus, at first launch. And when I saw that, the first question I asked, I was like, so how is this a competitor to Game Pass? Facts. I. I don't. And I got a question. I I ain't looking into it, but I want to ask you this: Are they still? Do you still have to stream the games? Because it's a difference when you can fully download the game and run it from your system, no internet connection, no nothing. It's another one you got to stream the game. To my knowledge, PS played the like the older version. I don't know if they changed this post announcement, mm-hmm. but prior to this, PlayStation's competitor to the Game Pass, you were streaming the games. I mean, you had to be consistently connected well, to the PlayStation PS servers. Now. So that was PS Now. So, so I they, think I think it's both. But did they I, say that that's changing? I don't think it's changing. I think what's happening, from what I remember seeing, is that um some of them, some of the games are going to be downloadable. I think. It's the PS5 and PS4 games that are going to be downloadable. And PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP are going to be the ones that you have to stream. But that's if you pay for that tier. So it's so not... So you can't pay the 9 9 You can't pay for the essential package and get the the streaming. That's That's... That's a little lackluster. It's a little lackluster because I guess, yeah, yes, the it because the thing with streaming is like even though we may not see it, not everybody has access to internet or let alone good internet. So imagine streaming a single player game, which what Sony's exclusives are known for. So imagine streaming Horizon, God of War, Ratchet and Clank, Spider Man, Demon Slayer, all of that, and now your game lagging, your single player game that you shouldn't have to be connected to the internet for mm-hmm. because you're streaming it. That's I don't, the suckish I don't think part about streaming. I don't think that's all of them though. From what I remember reading, I don't. I only think it's the the lower gen games. I think PS4 and it, PS5. Now you're not going to be able. From what I saw, you're not going to be able to download. Hella games. I think with the essential, I think they said you get one PS5 and two PS4 games a month that you can download. And then if you get extra, mm. they open the library to 340 PS5, PS4 games. And then if you get essential, then your library expands. So that's that's the part of it is that you only get access to the PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games if you pay for the highest PlayStation Plus package. That's just a lot of confusion. I mean, like, here's the thing. I, I didn't have an option. I guess I don't understand what's the, but, what are the, the tiers for. I guess that's that's also my confusion. Is that what 
what is the purpose of if you're gonna make this a competitor? Because correct me if I'm wrong, that with Game Pass, when you pay for Game Pass, you get access to there is a second tier of Game Pass. But if you're paying for Game Pass, you get access to pretty much everything. Xbox One and Xbox 360 back, right? Yes. You can get with Game Pass, just with Game Pass, you got access to OG Xbox 360 and Xbox One. And... You get you get access to game trials and demos for select EA Play games, and that's for the Ultimate and the PC Game Pass. Because Ultimate Game Pass, let me look at it. Uh, like it's basically nine 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 for console and PC, fourteen nine nine for Ultimate. Ultimate does nothing but combine it with EA. Because I don't remember if you I don't know if you remember it, but EA tried downloading creating their own EA Play which was essentially like an EA version of Game Pass, kind of like how the streaming companies kind of broke away from Netflix, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like doing well. Sony actually didn't sign the deal to do it with them, and they said F that. So Microsoft was like, well, we're just going to tie this in the Ultimate. So if you go from Game Pass, which is all Xbox, basically Xbox said you get all of us $9.99, so I'm pay not... five extra dollars, now you get EA. So it's a separate subscription. So that goes back to my question, like how is this a competitor that... One, you split it's this not. out and you split this out into tiers, and based on what tier I get, I I don't even get everything. So yeah, what Xbox Game Pass has nine ninety nine for the regular is the same as the essential PlayStation Plus, is where you get that one PS five and those two PS four games. $14.99 for the Ultimate and Game Pass compares to the $14.99 for the Extra, which still doesn't give you access to PS1, PS2, whatever games. I have to pay three extra dollars or four if you want to because of the 99s. I, I don't know if this is worth it. I. It's because it, I think I think what's confusing me the most is that they called it a competitor. Now, if they were just saying we're upgrading PlayStation Plus for this, that, and the third, and this was just their solid entity of something that they just wanted to do, sure, I would still have some skepticism of why you guys made the decisions that you made. But to call this a competitor to Xbox Game Pass, I'm not seeing where this is where this is holding up. I'm not seeing where this is and, matching and the up. Other th- and the other thing, which I forgot to include because I pay for live separately, which makes me have to go reevaluate this, um, Game Pass Ultimate includes Xbox Live. So Game Pass, you need Xbox Live to play the games online. You know, that's always been a thing, even back in the PS2 days, when, and well, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 days, and folks were complaining about, oh, Xbox Live, you got to pay money. PlayStation Live, it's like free, like you don't got to pay for it. But with Game Pass Ultimate, that comes with Xbox Live Gold mm-hmm. and the EA game. So basically, $9.99 is default. Game Pass, access to this entire library, Xbox okay. 360, Xbox One, and so immediate that, drops. So, so for that $10, that's what you get. So with that place, it seems like PlayStation is the reverse. That because PS Plus is PlayStation their, is basically their, F y'all. 
PS Plus is basically the the live multiplayer subscription that you pay for. And then nine ninety nine is mm-hmm. essentially is essentially that. So up front you're paying for the multiplayer. And then if you go up tiers, then you get the other games. So I don't know. Yes. Maybe they made the decision based on how their consumers They're charging play. you more for less. Yeah. Maybe they made the decision based on their consumers. But I at because the end of the day, it- I would not call this a competitor to Xbox Game Pass. I think the fact they did say you get time limited game trials of newer games, but I think the fact that you're not letting people play exclusives at launch. Yeah, because I feel like that's that should be the I I don't know. It's just a new subscription. It's just a new subscription service. Like, because at the end of the day, you got to look at what fans have been complaining about who are Sony fans. Sony fans won. Like, if you just look at how Sony has evolved as a company, their first complaint was, oh, my gosh, y'all charging for online services. Well, they got to keep their servers up and all that good stuff somehow. That's mm-hmm. just how that's how Xbox did it. That's how Sony doing it. That's why Xbox Live as an online service of the UI. Even if you're not an Xbox fan, if you look at it, you can say that you know that it's better. But Sony, that's what they added. Then Xbox is doing Xbox Live Gold with the Xbox One. Xbox One struggled compared to the PS4. But with Xbox Live Gold, they added this feature. They already had Xbox Live, but with Gold, they added this feature. You get two free Xbox One games. Now, it may not be the exclusives. Exclusives can come later. You get two Xbox, free Xbox games, and then they'll throw in like a 360 game or two 360 games as well. That always existed. That was just a free addition to Xbox mm-hmm. Live Gold. Then they create a Game Pass. Sony, I think they at some point integrated you can get a free game every now and then too. So it's interesting. That first tier is what you was already getting. Ain't nothing really changed. Exactly. That's what y'all was that's what y'all was already getting. Y'all mm-hmm. are essentially paying more to get some games, but the benefit of Game Pass was one, the games are downloadable. You ain't got to stream them. They're down you download everything. The 360, the Xbox One, and now Series X games. You download them. Two, all exclusives drop in, in, in like day one. And they've proven that with Halo Infinite and a few others. And it was accessible on PC as well. So PC players get the same benefit. Xbox Series X players or One players, same benefit as well. This isn't a Game Pass competitor. This is just another subscription service. Yeah. I think they should have went... I I get not going with what's hot or following the bandwagon. But I think after... Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, I think they should have did something that this may have should should have been one of those moments where you guys are going to have to buckle down and do what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. They have acquired multiple studios, I guess, but I. I don't know, I don't know how this is going to play out my. Ending statement is that I don't see this as a competitor. Will I be playing paying for one of these PlayStation Plus tiers? I don't know. The fact that it's 340. Now, something that did get me was that you could play older games, but it's 340 
PS1, PS2, PS3, PSP games combined. That's the whole library. So at that point in time, it's, they're basically picking and choosing what games they're even going to put in this tier. And it may not even be stuff that I want to play. Exactly. So. And that's... It's... I don't know. It's it's interesting. And I know it might be like some technical reasons. I've always questioned why they couldn't just do exactly how Xbox does it. Make your PS1, PS2, PS3 games. Make Let us be able to download. Let us be able to play the old Ratchet and Clanks. Let us... Sly Coopers. Mm-hmm. Let us do what we want. I don't know why... PlayStation can't do it. I don't know if it's traditions. I don't know if it's something that they don't want to do. I don't know yeah. if it's because obviously you're you're losing money to a certain degree, but it might not even be in their business strategy because you know we talked about this episodes back. Microsoft business strategy is to become the Netflix of gaming. So maybe Sony's like that's not what we're trying to do. So maybe that's why that's they're it, not. Following that's what the it trend. sounds like. That's what it sounds like. So I don't know. I will can. I guess we'll have to see how this plays out. Because I just don't see it being a competitor. Now, if it does well, sure. But I don't think people are going to be like, oh, this is better than Xbox Game Pass. I don't see that happening. And with you talking about Xbox, I think as far as like the games go, I think it's about that time that Xbox gets their own individual showcase. PlayStation has had theirs. Yeah. Nintendo has theirs. If they were depending on E3, then for 2022, they just lucked out. E3 for 2022 just got canceled. And they canceled the in-person one. RIP. <laughs> I they can they said they're coming back in 2023. So they canceled the in-person part of E3 in January, and then it seemed like they had no drive to continue with the digital one, which they did in 2021 or something like that. They had a digital one. The first COVID one was like digital two, I think, wasn't it? Because I was supposed to go to that one. One of them got canceled because of COVID, and then they came back with a digital so maybe it was the 2021 that got canceled because of COVID. Yeah, because 2020, that's the one I was actually going to go to. Had tickets and they had to refund us. And I think they did make the, all of that digital. Because I remember Ubisoft did that little interesting event. I think that was the first one that... Was that the first one that Sony said they wouldn't be at? Or was 2021 the one that Sony said they wouldn't be at? Was that the first one Sony didn't attend? I can't remember. I, I can't want, remember. I, if, tell me if I'm... I might be I wrong, but I think 2021 was the first was one where Sony said forget it. I think it was 2020. I don't know. I think it was 20. I, 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 think I can't it was, remember. I think it was summer of 2020 where they did their first state of play. I don't know. The hmm. reason why I brought up E3 being canceled but, is because what's... I think we all saw this coming. When everybody started coming out with their individual showcases, it was, was, how long could E3, it, could there be a E3 now that everybody's doing their own individual things? And 
They said they're going to come back in 2023. I don't know how they're going to get major players such as PlayStation and Nintendo back in it when they right. already have their own events. The only major game publisher that we have not seen do their own Nintendo Direct, PlayStation State of Play is Xbox. So with them not doing Ether, is Xbox going to try something out? And if it gets good reception, are they just going to say F E3? The other thing is what's going to happen and- to the, the minor publishers that do show stuff at E3. Are they going to try to hop in on the big three showcases? Or are they still going to try to throw something in the E3? So, they kind of already do that to a degree. Like, the publishers who normally stood aside at E3, because, like, a lot of people forget that, you know, E3 is the it's the electronics expo. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's, it's like it does steam around gaming. But, you know, Razer would have their little expos. It would be, like, the PC Gamer Expos. Like, they'll yeah. have some stuff. Ubisoft is always a big one. EA would have theirs. And then even CD Projekt Red or, well, Bethesda, which is now owned by Microsoft, mm-hmm. would have theirs, which is interesting. So, do you think that E3 so would opinion, just be tech? If if E3 comes back in e- 2023 e- and Nintendo, let's, let's, let's play a hypothetical. Let's say for this year, for 2022, Xbox creates their own event. They get good reception. They say, why do we need E3? E3 2023 comes mm-hmm. around. Let's say the big three say, no, we don't want to go into E3. We can do our own showcases. Do you think that mm-hmm. E3 would just just be that, the Electronics Expo? The thing is, and let me let me... Let me let me make sure I'm I'm doing my stuff correctly because I we putting out a lot of information. I don't want to be lying to our fans. So E3 is the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Mm-hmm. So it's electronics that are meant to entertain. Hence why gaming has always been the ma- main ones. However, however, if they dove into just tech, they would be competing against a great expo that I love in Vegas called CES. Portia, you've heard me bring that up every time mm-hmm. in our group chats when it occurs. That's the consumer electronics show. And at CES, they show all tech, drones, TVs, everything. E3's biggest showcases were the big three companies for gaming and then Ubisoft and Bethesda and EA. Mm-hmm. But the publishers, those as three publishers and the three major um console producers, at the end of the day, the publishers could just pick and choose which which um console producer they want to work with that year, exactly. show off their game there, and call it a day because they already do it anyway. Think about this, though. And Xbox owns one of them now. I mean, Microsoft owns one of those three now. Right. But I'm going I'm to hit you with another hypothetical. Let's say that the big three do have their digital showcases. They get good reception, but this is not the reaction that they want. They want to be in front of the people, answering the questions, seeing the reactions, seeing the end real-time reactions of them showing off these new games. What if that they take that and now it's not E3, it's like an E3 week with Nintendo has a showcase one day, PlayStation has a showcase one day, Xbox has a showcase one day. 
What if they just split off from E3? It's like, so what you're saying is if all the console manufacturers decided to make an agreement and be like, for the fans, we're going to time this stuff perfectly and do it like this for them. Or maybe not even, not even a week. Maybe, let me take that back. Maybe it's not even a week. What if they want the in-person presence, but they just don't do it through E3? Nintendo shows up, they rent out this convention center, whatever. And this is our Nintendo showcase. It's like they can, but it's gotten to a point. And of course, the pandemic heavily emphasized this. But it's gotten to a point where we realize that everybody does everything digitally. Mm -hmm. All of our marketing is done digitally. Like, just being honest, a company can invest thousands of dollars into a billboard on the highway. Yeah, boomers and gen and um. Gen Gen Xers may like actually look at that and pay attention to that, but let's just be honest. Millennial Millennials and Gen Zers, we look at Instagram, we yep. look at YouTube. Like it's gotten to a point where everything is digital, even the way that how we're marketed to. So honestly, the companies do save a lot more money to in just saying, "Hey, we're going to record in our own studios, our own buildings." Hell, let's just get some nice recording cameras, walk around our own manufacturer companies and say, "This is what we want to show you." And control exactly how we market to our consumers. That it's not honestly it's gotten to a point where it's not much of an incentive yeah. for a company to do the in-person stuff. They can. They can, but now it ain't nothing to just say, "Hey, we got a demo. We 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 reviewed it. Download it." We sending out the demos right now. Here are the codes. Demos go download. Yeah, that's and like, true. cause that's all you will be doing at the in person shows anyway. The in person shows. The benefit was, yeah, the camaraderie. You're around a whole bunch of fellow gamer nerds, and y'all are all playing the same demos. But honestly, it, it the, the the pandemic and how everything's been digi- digitized has showed us that we don't need that. And secondly, we're not as we're not that sociable like we used to any used to be anyway. Mm-hmm. So we don't care for it as much. Just being real. So I guess, do you think this cancellation should be permanent? Based on what you said, they said they're gonna come back in twenty twenty three. Do you think they should come back in twenty twenty three? The only piece of me that would want them to come back is the little child in me that loved when E three came. And I'll be in school sneaking to watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That is the only reason I want E3 to come back is because of nostalgia. But in retrospect, in terms of functionality, I feel like everybody's better off saving their money. Don't be paying for all these flights to send out developers and big wigs to um some expo to show off some stuff. No. Do it in your own studio. Do it in-house. Send out a nice organized video or live stream to your fans Mm -hmm. and everybody's satisfied and you save money. Or you think, so you're saying that if they do do it, just stay digital because they could combine them. Stay digital. That E3 would be digital, but you, but you get, but in that E3, in those days of E3, you still get a PlayStation state of play. Mm. You get a Nintendo Direct, you get whatever Xbox is going to come up with. It's still E3, but then it's, it's going back to the digital thing or do you think that would work, or do I don't, you think I, they should just scrap it, period? 
I think they should just scrap it because I don't even know how E3, like the the companies or the people that bring it together, I don't even know what incentive they could give to Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft and say, hey, let's still do it in the same week, but do it digital. It's like, I mean, we can. Or when I, Microsoft, feel like marketing my game, I'll market it the day I feel like marketing. Or I, Sony, can when I feel like marketing a game, I'll market it here. I, Nintendo may prefer their March Nintendo Directs because they know that a lot of their games are dropping in the summer. Microsoft may say, we like to market our games in September because yeah. our big, our biggest games are going to drop in the winter. I, it, I don't see them. I don't see how you can, what incentive you can give. You know so what you I'm saying? So you don't see, you don't see them giving back control to another entity after they've mm-hmm. already proven that controlling their own environment gets good reception. Exactly. It's like how we talked about the Nike thing in Foot Locker. Why have a middleman when I can be direct to my consumer where I can completely control the marketing and the quality of the product? I feel you. I I, I feel bad because I love E3, but... Times are changing. Times are changing. So, I don't know. I If they are planning to come back in 2023, I am interested to see what they're going to pull out like things are changing so they can't do e3 the way that they've always done e3 they're going to have to do something different for people to be excited for e3 i think everybody saw this coming but if they are saying that we're going to come back in 2023 they're going to have to give us something to be like yeah make sure y'all tune in for e3 2023 technical difficulties portion my mic just disconnected and you're coming through my laptop speaker (laughs) but keep going (laughs) it is i just turned it back on i'm sorry they're gonna the fans gonna hear about it Mm -mm. i got a cheap mic y'all i'm sorry that ain't no cheap mic you're just not paying attention no it'd be disconnected for some reason that's weird but you can keep going it's not much of an issue right now all right the last thing i want to talk about it has finally happened, ladies and gentlemen. They released the release date for House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon is dropping August 21st, 2022. They released the date, they released a new promo picture, and they've released some images from the show. And I have to say, the pictures look good, but they're giving me Lannister vibes. And if you know what I mean by Lannister vibes, it's giving incest. (laughs) But I do have to say that everything does look good. So House of the Dragon is based on George R. R. Martin's book, Fire and Blood, which is like 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones. Um, Just to read a little bit from the back of the book, It begins their tale with the legendary Aegon, the conqueror, creator of the Iron Throne, and goes on the recount, goes on to recount the generations of Targaryens who fought to hold that iconic seat all the way up to the civil war that nearly tore their dynasty apart. It's supposed to answer questions. One of the questions is supposed to answer for those who watch Game of Thrones is what if the what is the origin of Daenerys' three? dragon eggs so this is about to be like a whole 
this is what do you call the anthropology series when they go back and explain stuff is that the right word anthropology mm, I using know. some big words outside of my dictionary portion. not i use some big words <laughs> Look, I, you know, your, your, GPA, your GPA was higher than mine in college. That don't mean you don't know nothing about no words. Anthro- Look, you don't know what I thought about when you said anthropology? I thought I was thought about archaeology. I was like, don't they got something to do with fossils? What is Anthro- Anthropology is the study of what makes us human. Anthropologists take a broad approach to understanding many different aspects of human experience. Uh, I don't know. It sounds like the right word. It might not be. Ron said his GPA <laughs> was lower than mine's, but hey, that don't mean we know everything. But it's supposed to it's it's supposed to be like what were the Targaryens like before we see Daenerys in Game of Thrones? And I think what this series is to me, my theory for this series is that we are about to get the truth of all of the rumors, all of the statements that were made about the Targaryens in Game of Thrones. We're about to see if these junts are true or not. Mm-hmm. When I look at these photos, it's giving me royal, you know, well, not well-mannered, but very... Uptight. Uptight Targaryens. Pretentious. There we go. <laughs> Dictionary words. Pretentious. But it's it, it's giving me that vibe. It's giving me Westeros. It's giving me, um, the Red Keep. It's giving it's giving me politics because when we first see Daenerys, she wasn't really involved in all of that. We see her build up to it, but this is like them. This is like the Targaryens and their element. This is like what does it mean for the Targaryens to rule? So. I'm I'm pretty excited. Now, if the series is supposed to follow the book, it said it's supposed to lead up to the Civil War that tore their dynasty apart. So I guess my next question is how many years is this series going to cover? Because if that is interesting, have they I don't know that information. Have they said how long it's gonna be? Like how long the series should be? No. Now, how long would you want it to be? I would want it to be 10 episodes. I think we should just come out the gate straight Game of Thrones season one style. And I think this should be 10 episodes. I And I don't know how many seasons I would make this. I can't answer that question yet, but I think it should be 10. Now, if they want to go eight, Look now, this better be the best damn eight episodes I've ever seen. But I think they should go See, 10. See, it's one of those things where it's like they got to impress us. But it's like in terms of timing, if I'm not mad at a series that does time skips or even if they're saying, oh, this whole series takes place in the span of only a couple of months. I'm not against either as long as you do it well. Yeah. But... 300 years before Game of Thrones, this whole family. I do want to be immersed, but not just in Targaryen, the Targaryen family. I want to see everybody. I want to, because Game of Thrones does a really good job of their character ensemble. I want to see 
what's going on through y'all rule and all that good stuff. And if they stay true to how George R. R. Martin intended for Game of Thrones to be, or well, but now said, we got new writers, so I don't know what. Hmm, keep going. I was gonna say he, George R. R. Martin said he is he. I can't remember the exact wording, but he liked it. He liked what they did with the series. Mm-hmm. I was also going to say, um, damn, I lost my thought. That's what I was going. This is what I was going to say. I don't know how many of the existing families from Game of Thrones are actually going to exist in this series. With this right. being two hundred years before the events of Game of Thrones, Lannisters, Tullys, Starks. They may not even exist. These may be like, we may get the families that eventually lead to those families. And and that's the thing. I'm not mad if they don't show old families because what's making me, what made me interested in watching this series, arguably Targaryen House was one of my favorite houses from Game of Thrones. I met, I love Daenerys. I love Jon Snow too. And you know, spoiler alert if y'all for some reason have not watched game of thrones yet he's a targaryen um so that is a big chunk of why i wanted to watch it but honestly i just love the fantasy so mm-hmm. me personally it's like i know they're the focus but even if they're the focus please stick to what game of thrones did with that character ensemble and allow me to be immersed into the world with all the different characters all the different families and houses all the different stuff going on because we're going to see a lot more magic in this too because we're starting off with dragons more than likely right yeah i think so i guess my i yeah so it's like i personally would not have high hopes of exploring multiple families if this is if based on what we mm. know this is going to be solely focused on the targaryen family they may pull in other houses just to you know play out the story of how the Targaryens started and how they ended but I don't think we should get our high our hopes up for them to hop between families like we got in Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones was telling the story of all of these different families the politics all leading up to who's going to sit on the Iron Throne. Battle and, for the Throne, yeah. In this story, the Targaryens already have the throne. And it just seems like they're exploring what was Westeros like. Because they're going to be in Dragonstone. What was Westeros like when they had the throne? How did they interact with these multiple houses? Now I can see that. How do they interact with each other? And because the Targaryens rule lasted for that long, I don't think we're going to see multiple houses fighting for the throne. We may see like multiple houses working with this one Targaryen because he wants the throne. Right. So it's I see them hopping through multiple people of the families and then they get that one guy or that one girl. Or, you know, a couple of people who aren't Targaryens and how do they play in into the story? Yeah. It's like, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. It's just, I don't know. I, 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 it's crazy. 
And I don't know, I, like, obviously you're very excited for it, but I already told you I'm more, I'm way more excited for the Lord of the Rings series. But I'm so cautiously not even optimistic, like mm-hmm. cautiously pessimistic <laughs> because of the taste that Game of Thrones left in my mouth. Like, I I'm excited. I'm excited for the series because the Targaryens are my favorite house in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And the other reason why I was excited for the series is that we didn't get a lot of backstory of the Targaryens. We only knew what we heard from True. people, which could have just been flat out lies because people exaggerate or their stories that have been passed down from their grandfathers to their dads or whatever. And everybody has their own view of what the Targaryens are like. But this series is going to be like, this is it. This is what they were like. Like, Elf, what you heard in Game of Thrones, what you see right now is what is law. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I am cautiously pessimistic. Because of what they did with Game of Thrones season <laughs> eight, I am. So I'm not going into this like, man, this is gonna be a smash hit. I think this is gonna be the best series to ever touch HBO Max. I think this is going to be a test. That can, can they flunk? Can they flunk Game of Thrones and come back with a Game of Thrones spinoff series? And we, you know, we be like, okay, I can forgive. Game of Thrones from being trash in the last season if it led up to this. If we get to see more stuff like this. Can this essentially it's like can we see this franchise live on? It's almost like when we talked about Harry Potter, can the franchise live on with J.K. Rowling? Can Game of Thrones live past that trash boo-boo garbage that season eight was? And we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> can have, it live past we'll that and see. live on? We'll have to see. <laughs> we will have to see. That's, we won't know until it comes out, until that first episode drops. We will not know. But I think the fact that George R. R. Martin says he likes the series, he put his stamp of approval on the series, I think that gives should give us some piece of optimism. Because as soon as Game of Thrones Season 8 dropped, my boy had Twitter fingers saying that this is not... How it was going to end in the books. The man ain't even close to done writing the books. But he had the Twitter finger saying that this is not how it was supposed to end in the books. Daenerys and Jon Snow were never supposed to meet each other. And all this, that, and the third. So George R. R. Martin said, you're only finna mess up my bag. Because I know I make some good books. I know I write good stories. He said, before y'all start sending the hate mail, I just want to put this down. That this is not how I imagine this shit ending. And this is not this how this is me. not this is not how this shit was supposed to go down. My boy was on Twitter. I'm fighting for my life. This is stupid. Have some common sense. Why would I? My boy. Why my, would I? Why? My way, way past. Do this. My boy. Listen. My boy had the Twitter fingers that night that he had to let this be known that this was all them and I ain't have shit to do with this. I think the most interesting part was him saying that Jon Snow and Daenerys were never supposed to meet each other. So y'all just made up the incest? Y'all just made up incest just to make up incest. And what's funny, that's so interesting because 
I hated their relationship anyway. And like you're being honest, I, it was, I, I hated thought that. it was so like cute. That completely took away from I, it. I thought it was cute until we found out that they were related, and that Daenerys was just like, "I'm cool with incest. Let's do it." That's where I was like, "Okay, now we're 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 going off the deep end," because I think. I don't think the incest sat well with anybody, starting with the Lannisters. But because we just kept saying it, it was like, okay, all right. The brother and sister are fucking. It's- y'all nasty, but we accept y'all being nasty because okay. we can't change. Okay, and we can't change the fact that y'all nasty. But Daenerys? <laughs> I was and then Not to find- independent. And to yeah, find out that phone. they weren't, <laughs> the fact that they weren't supposed to meet. So y'all telling me y'all just wrote this script and was like let's throw in incest that was what y'all thought would make this complicated and listen man i think it made it complicated i think they succeeded by making it complicated but i think turning around and just having daenerys be like yep i'm cool i'm cool with it this is my nephew we're gonna get married he's gonna yeah let's do it no that. Well, looking looking at House of the Dragons and how it's they about all to be the look, same. It's it about to be the like same thing. Fa- it's buckle up, buckle she up. She's following her family trends. Buckle up, we about to see it for real. <laughs> we about to we about to see it because in the books, they said that Daenerys was supposed to marry her brother Viserys, and that just tells you right there that this is customary. We about to see it for real. I. Uh, with my 21st century mind, I don't agree with it, but y'all do you. For real, though. But we're going we gonna to see. I think it's inter- because Lord of the Rings is supposed to drop in September, right? I, I think so. I think so. So we got House I've of the Dragon coming so out. Stuff during this uh, podcast. They, they trying to get the one up. House of the Dragon trying to come up in August. Lord of the Rings coming out in September. This is going to be nasty. This I is, like the battle. Look, here's my whole thing. I like the battle. Do it. Compete. This, I like it. This is going to be nasty. And yep, if, September 2nd. Mm. September 2nd. So House of the Dragon will be able to get how many episodes in before? House of the Dragon will if be able to get... a week. They'll be able to get two episodes in before Lord of the Rings drops on the 2nd. Direct competition. Be glad Netflix ain't dropping The Witcher on that in, right. in, in October. Not we tweeting about Lord of the Rings on Friday and got to turn around and tweet about uh, House of the Dragon on Sunday. Come on. It's going to be Demon Slayer Attack on Titan all over again. All over again. I I hope it's good. I, I would be very disappointed if this turns out to be trash movie garbage because then it's going to be like, what's the point? What was the point of you you look, all putting out the series? Look, and watch this. All these men finna be hormonal off this male birth control, and they want to mess Man. up the house of the dragon. What? <laughs> what? What are you talking? <laughs> what? Cut his mic. Cut his mic off. Cut his fucking mic no. off. My headset already turned off. Don't take my mic from me, too. Oh, man. That is ridiculous. No. No. <laughs> yeah, y'all finna be taking the male birth control, walking around looking like Miss Thickums. 
Bro, I'm finna get a backslide, y'all. Bro, I saw the funniest t- I saw the funniest TikTok dude sit in front of the mirror when you fresh off that male birth truth. I'm getting thick. Hey, babe, come look at this. I'm getting thick. I was like, that's going to be me. I'm going to get thick. Fresh, I always complain about my butt. I'm going to get this Kurt birth Ryan, control. Ryan's going to get a backside. Ryan is about to get a backside. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, my God. Well, we got through all the topics. So, unless you got something else. Ron, we can go ahead and cut the show off right here. Shout out to my boy Ralph. I missed you. Enjoy yourself. We miss you, Boyfriend Ralph. Boyfriend of the Year Award goes to you. Boyfriend of the Year Award goes to Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> he stood us up, and I ain't mad at it. For real. But I want to appreciate. I want to appreciate. I appreciate you for showing up today, Ron. And for those who are watching and listening, thanks for joining us on another episode. I also want to shout out to the people who interact with us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just want to let you guys know that your thoughts are greatly appreciated. Your responses, interacting with you guys, seeing your different point of views is what makes me want to sit down in front of this camera and this microphone and keep recording episodes, you know. So with that being said... Nah, you gotta give appreciate. You gotta give appreciation with the fans. You gotta end with gratitude. But um, no, I felt it. I felt it. That's it. That was lovely. <laughs> um, with that being said, make sure you guys do follow us on social media. If you're not, follow us on Instagram at the Blurred Mob Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Blurred Mob. We're also on TikTok at the Blurred Mob Pod as well. And um, that's it. And this is the mob checking out. Peace. Hands up. If you love them where you at, stand 10 toes down. Shout out to Anna looking back. You can let them haters hate when they answer where I'm smiling.